If you are listening to this recording, then you are listening to episode 28 of the Star Road podcast. A very special episode, Tyler. Why is it so special, Sterling? Uh, you know, we just got a little uh, Nintendo Direct. Mm, we sure did. We got a, um, a the, I don't know if I would call it a little. I would say we got a big Nintendo Direct. Oh, I'm downplaying it big time, bro. But uh, I think the excitement is is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. The, on, the, on the 23rd, we got, I mean, to, which was to me a complete surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, when I saw the YouTube notification, like to set the reminder for tomorrow's direct on the 22nd, uh, I mean, I could have shit myself, dude. Absolutely. Uh, you, you texted me about it and I, that was the first I had actually heard about it at all. So pretty crazy. Always love to be the one to break it to you. Absolutely. The bearer of good news. news. But uh, so today, I think it goes without saying, Tyler, this is going to be a hell of an episode. Yeah, man. Anytime there's a direct, I feel like the energy is just at an all time high. Mm -hmm. And I'm ready for it, dude. And then then the program we got on, it's funny this time around, everything is basically picked by you as far as discussion in top five. And I'm here for it. Yeah, we I just had a couple random thoughts and and luckily you you were pretty uh, agreeable to them. Yeah, you threw two at me, and I was just on board for both. Your your explanation of the ideas just sold me completely, bro. Well, that's what you like to hear. Um, but yeah, man, let's get into the direct. I really want to hash out the the individual aspects. Uh, obviously, I'm glancing over the top five, which is uh, top five Sega Genesis games. We'll get into why that is a little bit yes, later on we definitely will um but yeah man do you want to go ahead and get into the direct yeah sure uh, uh unless you want to keep the discussion topic low-key until it's brought up oh that's right uh the discussion topic is real world influences on game design um wanted to take a little bit of a deeper look into just that topic and and how you know give some examples talk about some more conceptual stuff um we'll get into it i i'm actually really excited to to have this discussion with you i am too bro uh it's kind of like it's something that is very specific when we do discussions it seems to be more broad. Yeah, definitely. Most most of the time, this is really honed in, and and I'm honestly I'm glad that we don't pre-plan these things. Uh, yeah, I agree. We're gonna go on tangents and get into things that we wouldn't have if we pre-planned it. You know, most definitely. Very raw, but yep. uh, yeah, man. Let's get straight into the direct, man. And uh. <sighs> Before so, we get before we get into it, also I did want to mention I am coming live in front of a studio audience. Uh, no, I'm coming to you live from the beach. Uh, I'm not in my usual recording setup, so uh, any ambient noise or strange sounds I attribute it to that because I'm currently sharing a one bedroom condo with my wonderful fiance and Lucy, uh, the dog. So. Apologies in the advance. O- <laughs> the official Star Road podcast pup. That's right. Yep, Tyler's living it up. But you know what? I'm so glad that you made the time. Yeah, Kicking man. back, sipping your coconut to still do this, man. <laughs> wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss it. <laughs> but 
into the direct, my friend. Let me ask you before we start, how did you feel coming out of this whole thing? Um, it was nice. I, I don't know. They hit on a lot of different stuff that we weren't chomping at the bit for. You know what I mean? Th- I guess things yeah, that we didn't yeah. know that we wanted. You know what I mean? Which is always Definitely. kind of which is always kind of what they come through with, you know, in these in these types of directs. Um but yeah, I really I really got a lot of info on things I had either never heard of or barely remembered existed or just stuff like that, you know, nice to, nice to just really sum everything that's in development up into one little package. You know what I mean? And a few pretty exciting announcements. You know, this was a, a Mario Donkey Kong and Star Fox game away from being a damn near flawless direct man. (laughs) Yeah. Flawless victory. (laughs) But, uh, Kicking it off, man, uh, you know, starting slow. They did announce uh, the Wave 2, a little bit more in-depth what's going on with Wave 2 of the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity mm-hmm. DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I saw that. Uh, so the Wave 2 is called Guardian of Remembrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 29th, that'll be dropping. New story, new stages. Uh, Robbie and Pura, plus one more character. Curious about who that character is. Yeah. Have you played through uh, everything that is out for Hyrule? I am damn near at the ass end of the main game. I haven't touched anything from the expansion I yet. I I dropped the money on the expansion before it came out, and I literally actually haven't played it. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but I, I'm going to get around to it. Definitely. I mean, and this will be a good reason to do so. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I found interesting, they said added actions for existing characters. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's because I'm used to playing the assortment of characters they have in the main game you know Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to think about how they would be altered their move sets are pretty fleshed out from the jump you know yeah absolutely Uh, so that'd be cool to see (laughs) another little light note i wanted to touch on Uh, chocobo gp i actually got really excited when i saw this yeah it's basically like like a final fantasy mario kart game like what's not to love definitely and this is a fun one like you know i i don't know how likely it would be for me to pick the game up because i love the fact that it's final fantasy characters and i'm not trying to shit on the game but when i look at it it just looks kind of like a scuffed mario kart it which, does it does i in this <laughs> i hope they come out with a demo i would love to play the demo and get a feel for what the game's like oh i would love a demo i would eat that up but um I feel like Mario Kart really ruined it these days for any kart racer. You know, aside from maybe a new Diddy Kong racing game, everything looks like a scuffed Mario Kart to me. And I feel like it's not certain games fault, perhaps. It's not. I think that you want to see games do something different with the with the concept as opposed to just sticking to similar to the Mario Kart formula. We didn't see a huge amount of deviation from that in the limited stuff we saw in this trailer, but that's why I feel like a demo would be potentially useful so we could see if there is something more deep going on there because if it's just a Mario Kart clone, I'm not I'm not really super interested. If they add different stuff, different elements, you know, that's really what you would want to see. Yeah, I'm into uh, I'm into racing as a black mage or white mage. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. 
but it's time to turn it up a little bit, dude. Uh, this is the one that really, this announcement kind of hit me the hardest. Okay. And I, I think it, it hit you the same. And that's the final Mr. Sakurai presents for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah. Coming soon, right? What, what was the date on that? Do you have it? October 5th, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Man. Uh, October and, you know, 5th. I, 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 and I say it reluctantly because I don't know what this is going to mean. He mentioned retirement, and we discussed that on this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, that he was planning on retiring early. The man has been through a lot for Smash. I don't know if he would even consider this early. I mean, he's been doing... He's been doing game design since the early 80s. Well, I assume they would expect him to to go until he can't go anymore. But he I still mean, looks I, incredible, but I do believe he is getting up there in age. Yeah, but you got to think his idea of when to retire and the powers that be's idea are two different things. Well, uh, luckily, he's a moneymaker. Like, he's a yeah, moneymaker, dude. You know, one of the best brains, man. I, he, If there's any brain to preserve, look at my boy. Absolutely. But October 5th, that, I mean, that's in three days, Tyler. I, I, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm shitting my pants. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm wondering who the character is. You you ran a pretty interesting one by me earlier. Yeah, which I think we should get to whenever the subject matter is appropriate. Oh, okay. All right. Which all is right. at the end of the direct. Right, so we'll, we'll right. actually come right back to that thought. Well, there's your tease absolutely the next one this might be the on the grand scale the biggest thing to me honestly yeah kirby in the forgotten land such a cool looking game man i really am excited for this one not realize that we absolutely need it in our life definitely this is i mean this is the main thing i think about when i say stuff like that like this is such a crazy good idea. You wonder why it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> so I totally agree. Explain to the people what we're looking at here it, with it, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It seems like it is a semi-linear, but not fully linear, which is definitely a big change for a Kirby like main series game, but like a semi-linear kirby 3d like action platformer in the same style as what you'd expect for you know the side scrollers as far as absorbing enemies and you know platforming over obstacles but uh with a 3d element to it which i think is going to be very interesting I'm surprised you didn't bring it up, but I just got insane Mario Odyssey vibes with this. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, the comparisons are there to be made. Uh, it looks a lot more open than what you would think about when you say Kirby in a 3D totally environment. Totally. I mean, this, I, this, certain areas of this trailer look pretty open. Absolutely. Up. But I don't think they're all completely open, which is why I say semi-linear. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's you know Kirby GTA, but hey. Uh, it's going to be at least as open as something like DK64. I mean, the areas are going to be big. Uh, yeah, I'll be and, interested and, to see, but it's a very exciting looking concept. It's set in an abandoned oh, city. Man. Unbelievable. 
And yep. yeah, I mean, they were showing like a dilapidated mall. And uh, mm -hmm. that was just cool in itself. Like, that's the thing that really sticks yeah. in my head is you Kirby never think about Kirby like the, in the context of humanity at all. Yeah. And, and the enemy placement just looked so natural. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It just it's almost like, you know, it's like left for dead, but you're Kirby and there's no zombies. Exactly. So. Uh, just waddle D's and whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, honestly, thought that, I thought that I am, it looked really, really good. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any debate or discussion to be had on whether or not we're going to be picking that up. Yeah, that was what, spring 2022 that that uh, was teased Sp towards? Spring 2022, yep. Man, that's not too far away. Can't come soon enough if you ask me. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. And just to keep it going, dude, I mean, the, the momentum of this thing. We're, I don't think either of us would have ever expected this, bro. We're getting an Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct in October. Yep. And they advertise one of the most exciting and something that we have actually talked about. Uh, updates. Oh, canon uh, to the Star Road podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Brewster coming back. Brewster. The roost is open for business soon. Really exciting, and it's so funny because we we have actually talked about Brewster at least once, if not multiple times, on this podcast, and just how much we we miss him from the games. Yep, and and, and I feel like if I'm remembering properly, I even said it in an episode. I'm pretty like, sure we just, did. Yeah, just put him in the museum, yep. and I'll be happy. And guess yep. what? The trailer on the direct, the beautiful museum music we love is playing, and. The character on screen walks into the roost, second yep. floor of the museum. Yep. You absolutely love to see it. <laughs> you really do. You really do. And, you know, this This made me... My girl had sent me... I, I counted 24 gifts since I was last on Animal Crossing. Oh, man. So I told her, I said, you know what? Tonight I'm getting on because that direct... It just... I would have gotten on either way, but the direct certainly pushed the momentum. Absolutely. And, and Animal Crossing, on, I, I've gotten over my guilt of leaving it for long periods of time. I, I think that just it comes into your life when you need it. You know what I mean? Like it's always there. Dude. It's like, always there. There's, there's always going to come a lazy day where you feel like getting on Animal Crossing and then you realize it's raining and maybe it's raining outside and it's just the perfect time to just. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm fishing. Yep. Absolutely. But there, there is apparently free content coming in November. Uh, you know, me and my girl discussed this at length because she has never stopped playing the game. Not at all. I see her get on yeah, every day. You have to see it. Um, so I was discussing whether, you know, just the mere fact that they would not hold a direct for a roughly year and a half old game unless there was enough there to constitute having a direct absolutely i mean to, for something to qualify as even being a direct it has to be at least like 10 minutes oh yeah i would say even more on the line of 20 because it's so crazy to think right before the direct you know i'm looking around at related nintendo content you know and I saw the original Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct before we had touched the game, how excited we were for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
I just thought about how much there was in that, how much reveal and, you know, world exclusive shit. And I'm like, for them to be holding another one, there's going to be some serious additions. There's no question about that. But I just never saw that coming. Kind of makes you think about the Switch's life cycle, man. It really does. To me, something like this extends it. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh... I don't know, man. I don't feel like I'm starting to feel like something like the Steam Deck is not going to have an impact on the Switch. Uh, I mean, no, it, it's just another alternative. It's not going to uh, you can you still can't get first party Nintendo titles and even some third party titles anywhere else. So absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's just something that's crossed my mind from time to time with the Steam Deck, you know, uh, just because they are in the same market. They're not in the same market as far as. Uh, first party IPs and whatnot, but right, you're never going to play comes, Kirby in the Forgotten Land on the Steam Deck. Yeah, but Not you have to think anyway. about you have to think about the casual Nintendo fan that would be more enticed to a Steam Deck and that type of thing. Just the you know everybody's different. Totally. But, uh, I just I just feel like the Switch has really found its own thing. I mean, like Metroid Dread. That's something that a Metroid game is something that probably makes a couple people buy a switch absolutely i mean this uh, is the first metroid like t- new 2d metroid game in so long and they kind of did the whole side by side thing with uh the switch oled and metroid dread you mm-hmm. know seems like they're playing off of each other as far as date and marketing together absolutely uh rightfully so i mean what, what a game to market it with yeah i think so but it's almost like a refresh for- on the cycle yep but I'm looking forward, man, to the Animal Crossing Direct and covering it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I don't know when it's... I don't think we actually have an official date on that yet. I was kind of no, trying to just, look while we've been talking, but... Um, it just said October, man. Yeah, for That's content in November. So we'll see. Yeah, but we'll be looking out for that. Most definitely. Uh, another hot ticket item, bro. Mario Golf Super Rush. Yeah, this this update has actually gotten me back into the game heavy. Um, I realized that I needed to get my Boo Visor unlocked, which was is the reward for hitting A minus rank in Had the competitive side. Um, on. Uh, in in the month of uh, September. So I had like two or three days left. I was like, I'm going to grind this out tonight. And I did. And I got, uh, I got the visor and then the month rolled over and I actually was playing again last night because this month's rewards are multicolored toads. Ooh. Yeah. So you can have a yellow, a green and a, mm, maybe per oh a yellow a green and a blue toad that's what we want to see dude yeah absolutely yeah um, i haven't gotten on shamefully i haven't gotten on since this update but yeah they actually announced the update <laughs> during the direct and it was live the same day but it was koopa troopa ninji and then two new courses uh an icy course um and a like more complex deserty type course than the one that's already in the game when you're not kicked back under a palm tree we need to get on some mario golf i have like i said i played yesterday so we can play whenever dude i uh i've been playing it heavy for sure i want to play these courses they're they're pretty hard man both of them are are 
among the hardest courses in the game, if not the hardest. Bro, we we live for the challenge. I do, I do. But they're hard in a different way. Like they're hard in a in a different way than the courses that were in the game at launch, like the Bowser course, for instance. Like this these levels are hard because they're very filled with obstacles. So the route you take to a hole on a par four or a par five, like you're extremely likely to end up behind a tree or a rock, just taking the direct route to the hole that seems logical. So you really have to be careful where you're placing your shots and you have to be really accurate, which I enjoy a lot. It adds a lot of challenge to the game, um, which I'm here for. Yeah, you're right. It sounds like the bane of our existence. No, I love it though. I'm I I live for the challenge. Let's do it, bro. Let's yeah. let's get it going. Yeah, man. Um so yeah, the golf update was hype. What do we have next? You know, I just before we move on, I want I want to just say it, it, looking down this list, it's crazy to think everything we've talked about and we haven't even gotten to the meat of it. No, not at all. Uh, but the next thing, just a light little note, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. This is a more minor announcement, but it is getting a Switch port. I actually I actually have not played any of these games, so this may be the time where I make that move, potentially. I, ha- I have them on Steam, and I've played them a little bit. But one thing, I feel like if I went back to them now, I'd like them more than I did Mm-hmm. A decade or so ago when I played them, uh, I, I was just anytime I saw Star Wars games going on sale, I was getting them for sure. Yeah. And so I came across the Knights Knights of the Old Republic and they're kind of like turn based, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you're moving, but then you run up on these scenarios and it's kind of like actions are selected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot different from the other games that you, you if you play something like Jedi Academy or Jedi Outcast. Uh, you're you feel like you have a lot more flexibility and you know just control absolutely yeah but if you're somebody who's into rpgs and whatnot like you and i something like knights of the old republic is a nice change of pace definitely from perhaps the moment to moment action so it's cool i love seeing these old ports come into the switch i mean yeah yeah it gives a nice sort of round out to the library of games this is like the modern day virtual console is these sophisticated ports. I, I agree. And I think that's Nintendo's mindset too. They don't they don't seem to be interested in doing much in the way of the virtual console as it existed on the Wii and Wii U. Um, they have kind of gone a different route with splitting it up into the Switch Online stuff and then the you know, ports like these, which I think is it's fine. I don't I don't see any issue with it. It it certainly gives more leeway for third party games. A lot of the games that you would find Absolutely. on the virtual console were first party or, you know, very closely tied to Nintendo, whereas you wouldn't see a game like Kotor on a virtual console, like a Nintendo Wii U virtual console. So I do think That's it is excellent. It, yeah, yeah, it's an excellent point, man. Straight up. Yeah, so I I think I think that it's a a, a good strategy in that sense to to do it the way that they're doing it now. It's funny that you say good strategy because <laughs> the next thing on the list is the like special edition Star Road podcast pinpoint. Absolutely. 
And guess what? I think I even called it, dude, and said they might as well just call it triangle strategy. And that's what they did. And they called, they named it, it's triangle strategy. That's so funny. I mean, it's the obvious play, man. That but you never think that, not- the, that the code name is going to end up being the name of the game. That you yeah, always but- you always feel like that could happen, but then it never does. But Project Octopath wound up just having a little traveler thrown at the end of it. Yeah. And it was a done deal. I mean, I, they don't seem to stray too far from the path when they come up with these concepts. Square Enix is built different. They're built different. But honestly, dude, I really think that having Octopath and Triangle Strategy in your possession is going to basically give you almost everything you could want out of the RPG experience. Absolutely. That presentation... I mean, I don't know if you look closely. You don't have to look too close to notice. The visuals on this look like a souped-up octopath. I mean, they do. I mean, it's the same the, art style, but it's even more technical almost. Yes, the the environments seem a little more like voxely and like fleshed out. A lot more atmospheric type of fog. You know. I like, mean, here's I, the I, thing, Sterling. We've been talking about. Final Fantasy Tactics and how we want, or at least me, how I want, you know, and I feel like you're in the same boat. You want a new tactics game. This is going to scratch that itch. I just often wonder why we didn't get even a basic port of a tactics game. That is a conversation for another day, but I completely agree. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, but, but even I'm not even screaming for a new one. If a new one would be fantastic, but just give us an old one like on the switch. That'd be great. Just give us, you know, FF tactics advance. I mean, like that's good enough. Totally. Couldn't agree more, but this is going to scratch that itch for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean more, I mean, it's going to create a whole new, uh, a whole new fandom. Definitely. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yep, we got a release date on that. It's March 4th, 2022. Mm. How far is that going to be from Kirby, I wonder? Hey, even if they're piled on top of each other, these are two, no question. Yeah, absolutely. Triangle strategy, man, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you as we go, any of these that are 100% no-brainers purchase-wise to you, but I mean, we could always um, I mean, so sum far, it up at the end. So far, Triangle, Kirby, um, yeah, that's about it so far, but we're about to get into a lot more. <laughs> yeah, Triangle and Kirby for me as well, uh, but we're getting to, basically, we're getting to something crazy. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, we got... Yet another trailer for Metroid Dread. Keep that coming because we don't have too long. A lot of gameplay in this trailer. The game comes out in time of recording six days. So, you know, they're they're letting loose on the whole, you know, content delivery now that the game is, you know, fully completed and everything. But I am pretty excited for this, man. As it's gotten closer, I've actually been getting more and more to the point where I, I really feel excited to play this. You know, I'm not, this will be the first Metroid game of any, of any kind prime or 2d that I will actually complete, you know? 
That's really exciting. I, I'm I'm really excited that you're excited, honestly. Because I am. I, it looks <clears throat> awesome, man. It looks like there's a ton of complex movement and just controls and techniques that you can do. And I'm, I'm it here is for that. Very, it is very reminiscent of Samus Returns mm-hmm. on the 3DS. And honestly, I'm glad that you get the experience of playing Dread without having played Samus Returns. Yeah. Because... Uh, when I, when I watch this footage and I see like that melee counter Mm -hmm. to me, that is the most satisfying addition that they've made to the 2d Metroid formula. Mm -hmm. When, when you actually start to play and you get that mechanic going and you get your timing, it feels so good, dude. Yeah. It feels like nothing that older platformers touch on it's, yeah, it's just definitely. that that momentary and then the, the creatures are so detailed that obviously the animations are very complex so it's just gotten to a point where 2d you could do a lot more with 2d man and absolutely that's like a great the point pinnacle the pinnacle of that thought yeah that's a great point but dude. I, i'm really excited to to get this and play this at the same time as you and for you to like really see what 2d gaming can fucking be <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So October 8th, unfortunately, we can't talk about it this time, but we have got some shit to talk about next time. Yeah, we'll have this and Monkey Ball <laughs> by the next podcast. Yeah, Monkey Ball is coming uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, that'll be here the same day as the direct or as the uh, the present Sakurai. Oh, man, you're right. So, Tyler. What's that? It's time to get into the biggest point, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, of this direct. And honestly, some of the biggest news that we've covered, because it's something that's come up, I would say, probably at least every other episode. <laughs> it's so funny because we do talk about this all the time. And it's something we've speculated on and not jumping ahead, but we've also got some revelation that adds a whole new conversation. Yep. But let's just take it step by step because it's going to be easy to get ahead of ourselves here. At least I feel that that's the way it is. So they bring up Nintendo switch online. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they say, Oh, it's been live since September, 2018. And it just so happens in September of 2021 we get the announcement of a new membership plan. Now included in this membership plan is Mm -hmm. N64 and Sega Genesis games. Yep. And we could not be happier about that. We are over the moon about that. This um, is what we live for to get absolutely. on here and talk yeah, about. It really I is. mean, this is it, bro. I, I it's it's it, it definitely blew me away when they started getting into this on the direct. I was not expecting this. Hopeful, but definitely was not expecting this at that time. No way, because it's not anything we've heard not. heard much about. I tell you what, though, the marketing genius behind it, and the things I think about as we're we're going through it. Right before they dropped the OLED, they dropped this shit. Just in case somebody who doesn't own a Switch was thinking about getting one because of the OLED, 
Now you get to play your childhood 64 games on it. Yeah. And if you didn't have a 64, you get to play your Genesis shit on it. I mean, this is mastermind shit. Yep. Yeah, but really interesting to see the Genesis here. Really, really interesting I for a lot of reasons. Ag- couldn't agree more. Never would have thought. I-, I was sitting there on the edge of my seat thinking they were going to talk about Game Boy. Yep. I really, truly thought that if they were going to bundle anything in with the 64, it would have been at least one iteration of the Game Boy. Just DMG, just color, or just advance, and then they slow burn the other ones into it or something. Yeah, Crazy that that didn't happen. I mean, but I think that they're, they're only testing the waters here. We talked about the Switch's life cycle. Uh, this shit's got my brain in a rubber band ball. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, it makes you wonder, the Switch is not, it's not uh, short for this world. So it's not crazy to think we're going to get another quote-unquote expansion pack, because that's the official name of this, by the way. We talked about how funny that is. Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Yep, yep. I, I thought that was extremely interesting. Girls, no. Yeah. So that's going to launch late October. Um, yeah. But uh, about the list of games, yep, this is the the big hype uh, going through the actual offerings we get here. We don't have a price point on the service, but we do have a list of what we're going to get out the gate. Uh, now we can comment on these when we get to the end. Okay, but um, it's Super Mario sixty four. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Tyler. Yep. Yoshi's Story, Tyler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ocarina of Time, Winback Covert Operations, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, and Sin and Punishment. Yeah, there's only two games on there that I've never actually played, which is Winback and Sin and Punishment. Correct. I mean, that's exactly my situation. But that's an incredible list of games starting off. If you had to pick, you know, those would you all know, be games ju- on the list. We just did a top five recently on games that need online multiplayer. Mm-hmm. We now have Mario Tennis, which we talked about. Yep. We got Star Fox 64, which they showed footage of with the online four-player. Which easily could have been on that list. Oh, my goodness, dude. That's now a reality. I mean, you and I are going to be playing some Star Fox. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Mario Kart, dude, like, they are flexing on this. Like, showing four-player Mario Kart 64 online. Yeah, that is 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 really nice. The the summoning salt squad is coming out full force. Absolutely. I mean, you know, switch times are about to get put on the board, and everybody's going to be fighting. Yeah, that's going to be but interesting. It should be. It are you really going to be trying be. to do time trials? I could see myself doing something, man. The accessibility of having it on Switch and. Oh, man, (laughs) we're going to get to the accessibility of having it on Switch, not just yet, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, 
that is going to be a big investment is Mario Kart 64. Absolutely, yeah. Off top, I feel like you and I might find ourselves playing a little more than we even think. I think we, I think we can mention now they are coming out with wireless controllers for the for the service a Genesis and an N sixty four one. They certainly are the N sixty four one is as good as mine. It's gorgeous, man. It's gray. Off top, it's gorgeous. It looks just like you know nineteen ninety five like. They've done they've done a fantastic job with these. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't cave on the Super Nintendo ones, uh, but the NES ones are flawless. They could mm-hmm. not be better. This N sixty four controller we get is going to be one in one perfection. Yeah, the, and I, the Genesis controller is a three button. I grew up on six button with Genesis. I I don't I, you know the the three button thing is weird to me. Yeah, I, I'm not going to make a move on the Genesis one, but the N64 is going to have to happen because I Same mean, here. it solves one of the biggest issues with N64 games being emulated, which is just the controller is so hard to replicate. So, you know, now they don't have to worry about contr- converting controls to the Switch, even though they will do that. I mean, it's going to be interesting to play it without the N64 controller and see how some of these games function you know what what way the controllers get mapped but um yeah it's gonna be really nice to have the the actual wireless n64 controller yeah i'm gonna get that and i'm gonna get the uh whenever they come out with the n64 may flash is that a thing no but if it is a thing it's mine i i don't know if it would work but i mean i'm just saying if that were to happen that would be a big move yeah it really would I'd be hooking up the gold and the atomic purple and having a great time. But uh, into this Genesis game list, because yeah. we also got quite the list of Genesis games mm-hmm. here, man. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, which is one I've recommended to you before. Yep. W- what a game to have first on this list, because that's a good one. Uh, Contra Hardcore. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I can't help but think about Mean Bean Monsters when I read that. <laughs> Uh, it makes me think that, you know, Robotnik's brewing up <laughs> mean bean monster in a big barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, which is a fantastic game, by the way. Musha, Fantasy Star 4, Rye Star, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, Strider. A lot of good games on that list that I haven't played, so I'm pretty excited yeah, to. Yeah, a lot of good games on there. Uh, Shining Forces one that's a, that's a that's a pretty good one. I haven't played it to completion or anything, but I, I've played it before, and that's a pretty solid game. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines and Gunstar Heroes, and obviously Sonic Two. You know th- those really stick out to me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunstar Heroes, I believe they had a game on the, uh, maybe more than one on the GBA, but that is a fantastic game. It's it's kind of like a not as viscerally violent Metal Slug, mm-hmm. but same similar type of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that style. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but this is a pretty good little list starting off. They they did mention that more games are going to be coming for both. We have a list of what's 
to come later for 64, but they didn't disclose anything on further Genesis. Yeah, but uh, the list of N64 games that are coming is actually pretty interesting. Oh, man. Uh they really hit a climax to the uh, announcement of the service when they when they laid this out. Yeah. Because honestly, I feel like the the ones coming in the second wave or this second you know list of games even more exciting really really hits home. Yep. Uh, and that's Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. Mario Golf, <laughs> Pokemon Snap. Yep. I mean, dude, Pokemon Snap that is so exciting to have right after the hype with new Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. F Zero X. That is a Star Road pop off. Yeah, absolutely. We love F Zero. Simple. I mean, that. How about another one? Kirby sixty four. The Crystal Shards. That is a major pop off. That is improvement to your life. Yes, it is. And to your significant other's life. Yeah, that's like her favorite Plain game and ever. Simple. Yeah. Uh, this one is a significant improvement to my life and couldn't... I mean, this is the game on all of this that I'm most hype about. Paper Mario. Yeah, I'm really excited to play it. I really, really am. I mean, I sat there, you know, uh, months ago just itching, thinking about purchasing an $80 Paper Mario and uh, and obviously not doing it. So now I can play it on my Switch. I am all here for that. Absolutely. Me too. Now, the last one on the list is the most important though yeah you mentioned this This, and we we, this kind of slipped by us how big this was this is really important tyler the first time that i watched this completely didn't even hit my mind i think i was just too excited must have texted you they it was the last thing they slid right before it was off and uh, for whatever reason, maybe I'm, I glossed over it, but that is Banjo Kazooie. Yep. Now th- there are certain Developed things we by talk Rare Ink. <laughs> there's certain things we talk about on this podcast frequently. That being Square Enix, Mario, things that are just no brainer. Mm-hmm. Rareware and 64 games are top of the list. Absolutely. I mean, they're the third host of this podcast. We've kind of watched the evolution of of Nintendo and and Rare getting, or Nintendo and Microsoft getting buddy buddy, in terms of Rare. We've we've actually like really been sort of keeping our eye on that. I would say for quite a while. Absolutely, and and yeah, I feel like we've seen the biggest development in the year we've been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I guess now's a better time than ever to announce. We totally looked over it, but we did make a year. Yep, yep, we did pass that like without even realizing. <laughs> yep, life life's been pretty eventful, and we we've been here for it. Uh, yep, but we just we just happened to to pass over that. But hey, happy year anniversary, bro! Yeah, dude, awesome. What a time to bring it up! Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but Banjo Kazooie being on the list opens up quite a bit of potential when it comes yep. to rareware because rareware is you know that anything done that we talk about rare on 64 it's all microsoft now it's owned by microsoft yep but i'll tell you what banjo kazooie is one of the titans of those games i think that once you see banjo come out anything's free game i you agree start talking about 007 licensing it might get a little hairy 
Perfect but Dark. I mean, Perfect Dark. Let's go. I mean, that's the. I, I, you want to talk about pop off moment, bro? They announced Perfect Dark. I'll play through that game all over again. DK sixty four obviously is what we're beating around the bush of as well. <laughs> DK sixty four seems like it seems like a no brainer if if they have that you know that capability of working with rare titles, which they obviously do, then DK64 is the logical conclusion or next step. Well, my question is, why do they do this to Donkey Kong? They uh, People had to riot to get Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo uh, for Switch. Mm-hmm. And finally, they burned out three games, you know, all three, one, two, three. Yep. And... It took much longer than you would expect. I mean, Donkey Kong Country is a launch title as far as if you're getting together a library of games for Super Nintendo Mm -hmm. and you want people to No, they weren't selling the service. Uh, I guess that was part of them selling the service as a whole. But man, that seems like a day one no brainer that they kind of waited a while on. And we're seeing the same thing with Donkey Kong on this on this offering. The same thing. It's just interesting. Donkey Kong is being singled out. I want to. Know I don't why. know. I think. I think they are maybe saving a big DK load to shoot all at once. Potentially, yeah. Like if we if we get like a Donkey Kong direct, we're gonna be freaking out. Yeah, like Donkey Kong. You know, a new DK game of some description plus. DK64 on the Switch Online. They do that type of stuff all the time. That's so funny because you know what game I've been itching to play on Switch, man, but just haven't found the time? Tropical Freeze. Tropical Freeze, yeah. dude. I've been really itching to get back into that. That and Paper Mario. Yeah, I just can't get over how bad the combat in Paper Mario is, man. I really have given it several tries, but and the game itself is beautiful. The dialogue's incredible. Story's interesting. Overworld awesome but just the combat just really it's just it's so bad i don't know it's not the best combat that paper mario's seen but i i do find the game enjoyable i, I just imagine if instead of doing that they had used the same style yeah turn-based rpg style system how much it would be a more would insanely be a fun the game would have been if yeah, it, had, it would be legendary you know, on a wide scale yeah no question but Hopefully they learned with with that that people don't like that. And maybe if we do see another Paper Mario iteration, maybe we'll get the old combat style back. Um, but yes. yeah, man, <laughs> uh, the N sixty four and Genesis controllers are going to be forty nine ninety nine USD each. Do you know if those uh, are going to be available to order in advance of the actual those? service dropping? Okay, so in the past, I remember I said something about the... Um, I speculated that the Game & Watch was going to be like the online thing with the NES controllers mm-hmm. and Super Nintendo. I was wrong about that. That's That was on shelves. Yeah. This, though, this is that situation. So yeah. it's going to be like a one per customer, however many per customer, with a Nintendo online subscription. Right. So there's going to be a date where they start shipping them, and I'm sure you could pay for them whenever. Uh, You're just going to be limited to how many you can get, and you're going to have to do it through your Nintendo account. Yeah, but you can't get it now, for instance. Well, no, the service hasn't officially 
been priced or anything like that so no but it does say it's coming in late october so at what point do they start offering the controller because i don't really want to start the service and until i have the controller you know what i mean i I totally understand your train of thought yeah Uh, but i'm sure the website will have all the answers and i I just checked the store there's not there's not any availability yet by the looks like the little switch online uh, portal, I guess you'd call it on the switch. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't expect to skew for them before the services dated. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe when they announce the, the actual launch date, they'll announce the, or they'll start the controller sales then. Yeah. Uh, the next one, dude, I think you might be about as hype as me on it. The Castlevania advanced collection. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool, man. It's certainly a nice a nice pack of games. Like that's quite a lot of games in one collection. It's really some of the some of the stars of the franchise mm-hmm. in one collection. I really do think. Uh, yeah. But this collection's got Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and Dracula X. I feel like Aria of Sorrow is the game that I always hear about definitely it's mentioned a lot and like um, a lot of people tend to to hold that game in high regard if i'm not mistaken and and i think it goes without saying that circle of the moon had some type of impact on uh curse of the moon yeah of course the bloodstained uh subtitle Mm -hmm. um but yeah man that, that should be pretty good oh yeah that's live now um I didn't take down a price on it, but I think it was nineteen ninety nine. I think I think you're right. Yeah, no brainer. Uh, I haven't purchased it yet, but that's a potential no brainer. Yeah, definitely. I, I just I just want to be open in saying though, always expect these collections to go on sale before too long. Absolutely, because I jumped that might on be the, where I am with it. I jumped on the Contra and the Castlevania collections day one, but they went on sale months later. Yep. So just just something to keep in mind. There's a lot of games out here. Uh, you sit on it, you know, and and you'll you'll potentially get this collection for four ninety nine. Yeah, it, it, I think that's likely to happen before too terribly long. What's cool is uh, they're actually going to have all regional versions for the games built in, so you can pick the region and you can play that. You know, you'll have the voiceover in that language and whatnot. You know, that's pretty cool. Uh, any differences that are present will be present. Yeah. Uh, and then you always love to see a gallery. I mean, uh, when it comes to art, Castlevania is top notch. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly the type of game I would want a gallery for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, worth mentioning, Shin Megami Tensei 5 pre-orders are available now. Uh, this is a game we've talked about looking pretty good. Yeah, I always talk about <laughs> how I really want to get into this franchise. I really want to play these games. You know, they always look so cool to me because they're like pretty hardcore like japanese rpgs with you know sophisticated mechanics and battle system and everything but i think now where when this game comes out it's going to be time for me to put my money where my mouth is and and really get into the modern franchise and, and see if you know you know just see what's up with it yeah it's getting to a point where i'm done hearing about how good it is and Correct. i kind of want to yeah experience the game i mean it i haven't had any playing with it you know at all 
uh, I've only seen gameplay, and it seems like this new one looks fantastic. So uh, it's worth looking into. Definitely. I'd say. So, uh, you know, Miyamoto comes out, <laughs> and we, we <laughs> this is what anxiety is made of to us. Uh, whenever we watch these directs, mm-hmm. you know, they, they bring Miyamoto out. Uh, how many directs have we had where he, they haven't brought him out? Think about it. A lot. <laughs> uh, so he comes out with a Mario shirt on and, and we're going crazy, bro. Yeah, I'm really wondering what is going to happen. And of course, the, the first thought in your mind, in my mind, is some type of Mario game. Right. But it certainly was not. No, it is not a game. It is actually a movie. It's a movie that I'll be seeing the moment that it's available to view. Yeah. But uh, the the casting is, is very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Now, uh, you know, going into this, I, I was reluctant to even go through the cast. I don't know how I feel about going through the cast. Uh, I don't know if we need to. I would say I watch. Feel like, I, I feel like if you've watched the direct, which and if you're listening to this, I assume you're enthusiastic enough about, you know, this content to watch the direct. Mm. Uh, you, you'll see there's some interesting additions uh, other than Charles Martinet, you know. Yeah, but I'm interested in they, the movie though. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be worth checking out. I saw the Sonic movie. I didn't think it was very good. I saw Detective Pikachu. I thought it was pretty good. So we'll see where yeah, the Mario the, movie uh, lands on that uh, spectrum. Yep, I like the Detective Pikachu movie. I didn't see the Sonic one. Uh, the original Sonic design is still hilarious to me. I mean, that's gonna, <laughs> that is monumental to our generation. I Absolutely. feel like I forgot about that. that. What a pinnacle moment. I mean, my girl and I, we go back still and watch like the trailer from before. The original one. And yeah. just die laughing. I mean, it's so funny. Like I, I sit there and I'm like, I cannot believe that this hit the cutting room floor and made it through so many people. So many people approve this shit. And, yep. and it went over so terribly. And it's beautiful. <laughs> like, I'm so glad it happened. Absolutely. And they did and the, the right thing, you know, by redesigning it. But the movie was still terrible. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That's the beauty of this thing uh, with these movies is that when we're enthusiastic about a franchise or about an IP... We're just going to go see it. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we went, like we said before, we went into Detective Pikachu not thinking it was going to be the greatest movie ever made. We just no. wanted to see what they did with something we're enthusiastic about. Exactly. It doesn't have to be insane to be interesting and, and cool, you know? Yeah. And, and the plot could have been complete trash, but the visuals were fantastic. The visuals were on point. No question. I'll be interested to see what they do with the animation on the Mario movie. How much is animated versus not and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm wondering um I'm wondering how much it would look like, you know, the Rabbids cutscenes and everything. You yeah, know? that's a good point. Uh, that's um, the first thing that co- comes to mind when I think of them animated and not being played, you know. Yeah. But I uh we ended off with two big uh you know, two, Nintendo two big sent- threes, two big two threes, big yeah. threes. The first of which being Splatoon three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and the people are pretty hype on Splatoon. Yeah. I, 
I, I don't know why I just never made it around to getting into Splatoon, but the game does look good. Definitely. I, I've watched it played like competitively mm-hmm. before. Definitely. And it, 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 very fun to watch. Yeah. So I can imagine how fun it is to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just multiplayer, but, you know, single player. The single player campaigns look very cool, yeah. yeah and this new one uh, looks pretty awesome, man. I mean, it, it's, it's like, pretty dystopian, and I, which I think, obviously, I mean, this was in mind for the designing, but it's a really nice contrast when they have this, like, rainbow fluorescent ink all over this, like, gray dystopian Absolutely. region, you yeah. know? That contrast just makes the whole aesthetic of splatoon shine more most definitely uh so i mean uh, i'm a little late to the party on splatoon but uh i mean hey a, a three coming out should make the first one cheap so yeah maybe we could start from scratch bro maybe yeah there's a lot of games to play so the i'm actually more that, interested in the last game that we're talking about me too bro uh but the date on that strictly 2022 that's yeah. what we got mm-hmm uh, the same goes for the next one. We just got 2022, and this was the big end of the big direct, and that is Bayonetta 3. Yeah, they showed some gameplay from this, and it looked very clean. Oh, it looks fantastic, man. That like when, when you look at this, you definitely think this is some type of Xbox Series X game, you know? It It looks nice. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. The combat looks so fun. Uh, the aesthetic of all of it is so fantastic. I mean, did you see that logo? I know. Yeah. The purple. It, dude, it looks f- amazing. It really it's just does. Great. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I, I told you, I don't know how long it's going on, but uh, they had the first band that on Steam for $4.99. That was pretty enticing, bro. Yeah. Uh, but... This is something to look out for, for sure. Even with me not playing Bayonetta too, too much, I think this is definitely a game to look out for. I think it's going to be received very well. The style of game uh, is is right up my alley, so I could see myself definitely. getting this for sure. And the style of game we're speaking of is also the style of Devil May Cry, which kind of leads to an interesting little moment at the end. Yep. Uh, I guess it could be speculative who it was, but I think we both think it was Dante. Yeah, it's that's certainly the thought that popped into my head first. But 2022 comes onto the screen mm-hmm. and is abruptly slashed away by what looks like the silhouette of our man Dante. Yeah. Uh, which I mentioned to you kind of brings to mind. Uh, I wonder if that's supposed to be some type of low-key smash hint. Yeah, that is what really blew my mind. I saw it more as maybe Dante would be a playable character, unlockable character, some kind of role or something in the Bayonetta game. I would um, say that is a much more likely scenario for sure. Yeah. I mean, that I, I, definitely I certainly, is what comes to mind. Certainly the fact that they put it at the end of the Bayonetta trailer, you know, I I feel like lends itself to that. But you raise an interesting point with the smash thing too. I think that could be very interesting. And that if, if Dante was on smash, it would be very likely that I would have a high interest in learning the character because that sounds absolutely insane to try and bring devil may cry mechanics into a fighting game. 
No question, dude. But I'll tell you what, I, I can't say I'd be disappointed if it was Dante. No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. But I, I feel like for what it's worth, anytime I've seen any type of polls or anything and uh, regarding who people think is going to be the new Smash character, Dante is a frequenter on lists. I mean, he's a highly speculated. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have tons of Capcom characters in in Smash already. You're right about that. We certainly do. So, could be interesting. Leon for Smash. That's what I want. Uh, Leon for Smash, bro. Can you imagine? What if the different skins were different default pistols also? So you can get your red nine. Yeah, that'd be cool. Red... Pimp Leon with the red nine. Yeah, Ashley for Smash. Ashley in the uh, in the night suit for Smash. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> in god, the, that'd be in awesome. The suit of armor. Yeah. With uh, Steve from Minecraft's move set. <laughs> but yeah, man, but, I'm, I'm excited. I like. I mean, you know, I love Devil May Cry. So put Dante in Bayonetta. I'm happy. Put him in Smash. I'm happy. Definitely. And uh, that was the end of the direct, man. I know Came we have. Out of it. I think we should cut the news here. I know we had a couple other things. We, maybe we can breeze through the the switch update real quick. But we've got to get into our uh, discussion topic. I'm dying to get into it. Oh yeah, definitely, bro. Um, rolling off the thought of the direct, you definitely want to because the inspiration comes directly from it. It does, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the only other news item was uh we had just missed it on the last one switch has rolled out an update that now supports bluetooth yeah i'm actually really excited about this no more dongles i mean uh which i wasn't using before but now i'm you know i feel like i find myself you know pairing wireless headphones to it just because i can yeah i think that's awesome man i don't know why they didn't have this earlier i don't either i really don't uh but hey it's here now and we're happy about it yep but uh, before we get into the big discussion today, bro, uh, as far as gaming and pickups, anything worth mentioning on your end? Uh, nothing too crazy. I have been playing a lot of Mario Golf. I mentioned that um, we are still working on the last two levels of World Crown in uh, 3D World Plus. Yeah, I saw y'all on last time I got on the Switch. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up a big pickup on my end. I know I told you I was thinking about it, but I pulled the trigger on the uh, the Quake Limited Run Deluxe Edition. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Had, I, I would have to, expected as much. Yeah, it had to be done, bro. Uh, pre-orders on that end tomorrow. So anyone who might be interested, that's uh, that's uh that'll be done for tomorrow as far yeah. as I know. Nice. Uh, but I, I did pick up that Tome game, T-O-E-M, on Steam. Yeah, you told me you were you blasted oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not going to hang on that too long, but I just wanted to mention that it's a fantastic game. It yeah, lived up to awesome. what I thought it was going to be. I, I 100%ed the fuck out of that game. Hey. And uh, I had a great time, dude. I would do it all over again. It's so fun. But, yeah, that's um, awesome, man. Just a typical Creatures of Air, the dailies. Uh. I picked up L.A. Noir on Steam for six ninety nine. That's, oh, that's yeah? pretty that's hot. Cool. Yeah, I haven't fired it up. But it's a pretty hot deal, dude. Yeah. Uh, and also, I'm I'm thinking about doing a Journey to Silius full run here shortly. Yeah, that sounds good. I kind of been jumping around with my game, and I, I'm doing that in the 
Disillusion of Eternity Quake, and we haven't gotten to our Quake run yet, but that'll be, I think by next episode, we should be wrapped up on that. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if these game releases waylay that, but... <laughs> you ain't lying, dude. Yeah, I can't be making any promises uh, that we can't keep, but... We'll see. We'll I'm, see. We're going to get. We're gonna give it our best shot, for sure. I'm very hype about doing the Quake run. Yeah, it'll though, happen dude. eventually, regardless. Uh, but yeah, man, time to get into today's discussion. And I think uh, the best man to preface it is you. So <laughs> thank you. I noticed something that I brought up with you. Um, after wa- after watching the direct, something really stood out to me. And it took me a while to put my finger on it. But it was the fact that three of these major releases that we got announced or updates on during the direct were set in like abandoned cities that looked very similar to Tokyo or just abandoned cities in general. Right. Like it was a very specific motif and it got me thinking like, I, I feel like every one of these game developers who are all different, you know, for the three different games, obviously they had to land on this conclusion somehow. And I feel like they ended up landing on the conclusion of, of this setting because it's relevant to where they are in real life. Like, you know, we, the, the entirety of these games life cycle probably took place during the pandemic. So these, these abandoned cities, I feel like are, are pretty topical to the experiences of the game developers. And it got me thinking like what other games out there, you know, have, have real world influences that are kind of tangible, you know, in the game design. So that's, you know, I brought it up to you and after I sort of like elaborated on my thinking a little bit, you seemed interested. So I figured it was something that we could kind of just play around with and see, you know, what do we feel like, you know, it's impossible for the real world not to influence these games in some way. So it's kind of interesting to see the different nuances of, of where that happens and how, you know? Um, Yeah. This, this whole discussion topic is literally a manifestation of why I'm happy that I have you to do this with, (laughs) because, you know, coming out of the direct, your, your thoughts on this, uh, is an area that my mind didn't even touch on. Yeah. It's really specific, (laughs) but it's so, no, but really like, like, uh, you know, I think it's so interesting and so dead on. Yeah. And it resonates with me so hard because you're, you couldn't be more correct. Uh, these games have been in the process of being developed over the, you know, the strange times that we've been through the past year or two, you know? Exactly. Uh, so you, you see these settings and you start to see them, um, you know, matching up to a certain aesthetic. And you wonder, like you said, you wonder if it boils down to immediate surroundings. Uh, now, whether or not that's the same thought behind other games, it definitely gives us a, a nice little ground to explore that type of influence that other games have. Yeah, exactly. Um, you said uh, that you'd been jotting a few things down. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what you had right off the top, um, just to get us going right, on this. Right off the top, uh, just the obvious one that that came to mind was the GTA games. Okay. Yeah. 
just because, uh, you know, uh, nothing in name is too intact, but you can have a loose representation of what certain areas are supposed to resemble. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's areas of of San Andreas and of like Los Santos, obviously, GTA 5 as well, um, that really resemble real life L.A., Definitely. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's the most baseline form of, yeah. you know, this type of inspiration. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, it's, it's recreation. I mean, that's the, that seems to be what would be the most common. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see a lot of, a lot of settings in games that are similar to real world. I mean, we've seen it in Pokemon where, each of the games is based on a different region. The first few were in Japan and then they started branching out to different parts of the world. And, you know, it's very interesting to see the game developers take on, you know, Paris through the eyes of the Pokemon universe, for instance, in gen six or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, Hawaii, you know, just a tropical Island setting for gen seven. Um, and just yeah, to see what they Pokemon up. Yeah, which what they do with that and how they adapt it like it's pretty interesting to me for sure. Definitely, man. I mean, Pokemon is one of the first things that also come to mind. Yeah. And when you talk uh, about Pokemon, I even go to a different place in my head thinking about the designs of the Pokemon themselves, the actual creatures themselves. Some of them are complete nonsense, but most of them are based on real world concepts yeah a touch of darwinism you know yeah and and you know like for instance uh alolan and galarian right right and and just the pokemon themselves like being based on real birds or you know certain animals cats dogs uh mice you know and then sort of taking that real world concept and melding it into a more fantasy aspect. Yeah. And placing those different creatures in appropriate settings. Yep. Yep. But which, I is, mean, which is something they do across the board. I mean, for the most part, every, everywhere that something is makes sense to why it's in that area. Yeah. And it's, it, it always usually comes back to a real world counterpart. Yep, and you know what? Uh, something that comes to mind when we talk about recreation of real life places—a big one, Tony Hawk. Yeah, that's interesting because it's like, what if what if these places were fully skate parks? Like, absolutely, yeah. dude, absolutely. I mean, uh, they do such a good job replicating the places themselves, and and in in the in the sandbox they have there, they squeeze a lot of specifics in one that comes to mind is the new orleans map oh yeah of course on uh thug two Mm -hmm. and you know you think about you think about the french quarter and you know of course it's not one and one but man they did such a great job of in the in the bounds of that level capturing it yeah and just the vibe or like in Boston, you know, mm-hmm. it, it they they everything that needs to be included for it to feel like Boston, they they put it in, you know. Yeah. But they they uh, you know put the spin on it to make it functional skatable. to skateboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what's even more interesting is they they make it to be similar, but then they also make it to where everything is interactive. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too. You want to sort of mold whatever your, your starting point is to fit the gameplay. You have to balance the mechanical with the, with the inspiration. Definitely bro. Uh, I had a funny one on here that came to mind when I was thinking about real world places and games. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that, that's a thought I kind of hung on because that's one of the obvious thoughts with this. And uh, it's actually a game I had on NES and eventually sold off because I didn't care for it. A very ambitious game for what it does, but just not quite there. And it was Superman on NES. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, I say it's ambitious because it is a side scroller. Mm hmm. But there's a lot of depth to it because it's basically like a, a re- recreation of New York, Wall Street type of setting. Sure, yeah. And for it being a side scroller, it does feel pretty expansive. The navigation through the streets and into buildings and upstairs, and mm-hmm. it feels very open, but the game's just not good. Yeah. So very ambitious, but it, it you know, I was thinking back and thinking about older games you know and that's one that i thought of that really tried to put itself in an actual setting that it mentions like yeah this is new york yeah yeah that makes sense a lot to of me. times it's a lot of times it's loose or the name has changed and that type of thing so whenever a, a place gets name dropped in a game it's always noteworthy gonna, yeah you're always gonna automatically think that they're going out of their way to make it that place mm-hmm. so you pay you might pay more attention to detail you know uh, unfortunately that, I mean, well, fortunately that's the only bad game I think we're going to talk about, but that was worth mentioning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cause not a lot of that in the eight bit, a lot, it was a lot more, you know, a lot more vague on the setting in some of these games or a lot more fictional. Yeah. Like when you're playing Mario or Kirby, it's mm-hmm. not really based on anything unless you're talking about new donk city. Yeah, which I think is definitely part of it. You know, they they really took that city mindset and applied it to Mario in a way that had never, ever been done before. Yeah. And it's kind of funny to think, uh, you know, that's that's the evolution of like the the vagueness I'm talking about, like the old skyscraper in Donkey Kong. Yeah. It's kind of like insinuated that this is the place where that skyscraper exists, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that is what they're saying, obviously, with Pauline being involved and being the mayor, you know? Absolutely. That makes perfect sense to me, but that's so interesting to, to go back and add an explanation to that after the fact. As if they needed to. Right. But it, but it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. It ties it all together. And I mean, yeah. It makes uh, it makes Pauline being mayor just that much more feelsy, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like when you Another, first get the game and you first realize that that's what's happening, it, it it can hit so hard. Like when I realized that Pauline was the mayor on my first run through Odyssey, I was like, man, that is such a cool idea. Definitely, that that, that was a great call. And now she's a character in Mario Golf, and you know, I, I imagine that she'll be kind of part of that extended cast of characters that we love, you know, moving forward. Oh, she deserves to be a mainstay. I mean, uh, they, you know, they're, they're evening out the the variety and I mean, uh, you know, there was room for another female character for sure. 
Absolutely. You know, you can only ride, you know, Peach Daisy Rosalina so much until you, you know, throw something else in. I think Pauline's, I mean, perfect for it. Definitely. And Rosalina feels out of place, not in space. So you can't always have that either. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have no problem with Rosalina being in everything. I'm, I'm saying from their standpoint, like from the developer's standpoint, I feel like you want to stick with Rosalina you know, kind of in her element. Yeah, they they implemented Pauline well though, because I mean, when you're when you're looking at the old arcade game, you know, they they're working off of a very basic outline. Exactly. Yeah. So they really, really uh, fit the Odyssey mold and and kind of designed her to where now she fits into games like Mario Golf Super Rush, and you know, potentially things like Mario Kart perfectly. I mean, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think they Pauline- developed that. Th- that 3d look you know is, is kind of like solidified the thought of pauline being in the next mario kart is pretty exciting definitely pauline for smash oh man she's gonna she's gonna bureaucracy you to death she's gonna have like a uh, a mic stand forward smash oh that'd be cool <laughs> yeah like you have she has the whole band behind her mm-hmm uh, but another one I said, it's funny, I'm bringing it up later on, but uh, one of the first things that hit my mind is the first sequence in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the what was cool about Sonic Adventure was it, it sort of did that same thing about bringing these fantastic characters into something that felt more real world. Yeah, it's like an early, early form of that Odyssey idea. Mm-hmm. I think it was very well implemented. I agree. It makes me think the the Dreamcast thing also makes me think of uh, how interesting Crazy Taxi is in this discussion. Because not only are you imitating like you know what would be a real life place but you're also kind of doing a real life task that would be performed in that place. Yeah, a real life job. Yeah. You're doing for a video game what some people do for a living. Yeah, of course you're doing it a bit more carelessly and running people yeah, over and exactly. whatnot. But that's the fun of video games. Yeah, man. I mean, most you, definitely. You know, but it seems like it's almost more the 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 norm than the exception that you can find some sort of tie-in to a real-world influence in in almost any game, just by the nature of you write what you know. You know what I mean? Definitely, dude. So it's interesting to to narrow down on things because I feel like we could we could really just come up with examples for hours and hours. Definitely, bro. Uh, it's just your your original idea that got this going just really sticks with me throughout all of it. You know. Yeah, and absolutely. It uh, it just makes me you know it makes me think about what we could see. In the future, it's funny. The first thing that comes to my mind is dystopian, but how many games have touched on this dystopian look? Right. I mean, it's been done and done and done. Yeah. But uh, I feel like that, when it comes to video games and fiction, that seems to be the way that everything goes, if anything is attempting to be serious, for the most part, is kind of a rugged, dystopian, altered version of reality. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, uh, that, know, that's one of the easiest jumping off points in world building. 
Absolutely, bro. I mean, that inspiration comes from somewhere. It, it, you know, a lot of times places are made uh, for the thought of a game, but you have to, you have to think about all these things that we don't get to hear from developers, you mm-hmm. know, uh, like the nameless city on Quake. Like that's the only area of the game that's really like a city at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you never know. I mean, you know, Sandy Peterson could have been thinking about his hometown and it's like, you wouldn't think it because it looks like it looks, but he could have had it in mind. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you would never know it was, it was meant to be a real life place, you know? Yeah. And, and it's interesting it, it, to think back and wonder how much of what we're, you know, how much don't we realize has a tie in to something, you know, a creator experience that we'll never know. Definitely, dude. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole discussion topic in itself. It's like the thought of all the questions you wish could be answered from developers, but just won't, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes me think of little nightmares. Give me my answers, (laughs) but that's for another time, bro. That's a great, I mean, that's a great example though. I mean, the, the themes that, that, that those games bring in are kind of like, you know, uncomfortable you know being a small child and being persecuted or in danger like you know there's definitely something there yeah there's a recreation of you know a kitchen for example which is such a normal place to us uh you know and and then it's got such a different connotation in the world of little nightmares you know Uh, so that that's an interesting thought in itself uh you know just bringing that up yeah, definitely. But yeah, anything but else to add? This has been no, quite a I, provoking I don't really. thought. I I think that we we touched on what we what we came to say for sure. Um but it's it's something I might chew on for a follow-up like with a more structured thought cuz I I truly believe like you know, I I actually enjoy having these types of more insightful discussions with you from time to time, you know, uh, as our discussion topics. So definitely, I definitely I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah. I definitely feel, I feel like we can get more introspective on topics like this or dive even deeper. Definitely. Brian, anytime this type of thing hits your mind, dude, definitely bring it up. Cause like I said, uh, we have two different trains of thought. And the, you know where your head was with this one. I'm I'm very pleased with you know, yeah. and that's a great segue into the top five because I'm really uh really stoked about where your head was with this one because if there's one thing we love on the Star Road podcast, it's talking about games we don't usually talk about. Absolutely, yeah. And, and Genesis uh, is up there as far as games that we don't discuss very often. No, and it's because I feel like it almost had a tragically limited like amount of releases um when you list when you look at the list of sega genesis games compare it to the list of something like the super nintendo just the sheer amount of games that were released is so much fewer and i didn't really realize that until i was doing research for this topic like um it's pretty crazy just how few games actually came out on the genesis when you consider it being a major console you know what i mean definitely dude <laughs> it, and and i noticed a lot of these games which I, I knew that for the most part before but going through the list of genesis games and just refreshing my mind so many of these were 
same, same, both on Genesis and Super Nintendo. Absolutely, yeah. So there's so many games that probably would be obvious picks for this list that aren't going to be on my list because I just really played them on Super Nintendo. I didn't yeah, have that's true. the widest catalog of Genesis, but I played enough Genesis to definitely make a top five. Yeah, uh, I tried to keep mine towards, if not exclusives, then pri- games that you would primarily associate with the Genesis. Definitely. Uh, and, and mine definitely fits that mold as well. Uh, and honestly, going back, it was very nostalgic because I didn't quite remember how much time I spent with some of these games, but it was a lot, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, let, let's go right into it, man. Tell me about your honorable mention. My honorable mention, I have to get it out the way because you said you had a lot of it on your list. Uh, it's the only one I'm expecting overlap on, and it's a pretty obvious pick, but it's it's Sonic the Hedgehog, the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of reasons... <laughs> To like everyone. I mean, all of the Sonic games are good, but I feel like the original Sonic the Hedgehog just has a special place in my heart because it's the one that I owned on Genesis. It's the one of I course, had. Of course, yeah. Uh, and I've played the other ones, you know, virtual console and on, on multiple platforms since, but that's just the one that I had raw exposure to and played and played and played and loved, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I put it as an honorable mention just because I, I knew you were going to have a bit of Sonic on your list. And I just wanted to get, if it was overlap it out of the way. Hey, that's fair. Um, we'll get more into Sonic. I, I will say that, but um, <laughs> my, my honorable mention is going to be a game that I've actually put on a bunch of lists and talked about a lot, but I'm, I'm really wanting to just play again uh, from, you know, having played in my childhood. So that's why I wanted to know my honorable mention just to remind myself, um, but it's golden Axe. Uh, it's a side scrolling beat em up game. You collect power-ups. It's medieval-themed. What more could you want? Uh, I have my Genesis Mini with me while I'm at the beach, so uh, I may try and get some of this specific game in before I even leave where I'm at. Hey, get into it, bro. Yep. But yeah, I haven't, I, played, I haven't played much Golden Axe, but I mean, uh, it's a very loved game. It is. It is. As far as these side scrolling beat up type games, I mean, it would be my first choice, you know. That's what's up, man. Uh, my number five <laughs> is King Salmon. I don't even know a what fi- that is. Is that a fishing game? It's a it's a fishing game, right. bro. I love fishing, man. King Salmon. And you know, this is one of the two Genesis games that I still have in my possession. I have my childhood copy of King Salmon. That's awesome. You know what's and so I'm funny? Ha- we did a whole discussion about fishing and video games, but we didn't talk about fishing video games. That is hilarious because <laughs> uh, uh, King Salmon, when I put it on the list, I felt really stupid for not talking about it on the fishing and video games. <laughs> but I feel like the train of thought we were on was fishing as a mechanic and games as a secondary mechanic. Exactly. That's, that kind of is what we gravitated totally. to. You know? uh, yeah. I just think it's funny that we didn't even mention that there are yeah. entire video games where yeah, the by whole the way, point is fishing. Yeah. By the way, it's a whole genre, but we yeah. didn't discuss the genre. So. <laughs> Our bad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's chill, man. But yeah, that's cool. I I love fishing games. I, I I totally like. I used to back in the rental era, like that would be something that I would end up with every once in a while. Is just a fishing game on PS One or PS Two. Yeah, man. I, I 
I don't have a Genesis currently to boot up my cartridge, so I, I wanted to watch some footage of it. And the music, the boat navigation, like the the other boats cruising around mm. freely, it's so nostalgic to me. I just yeah. Uh, and the Genesis, uh, a big note on this that everybody should know already: the music on the Genesis is absolutely superb. Yeah, that is one of the most beloved things about the console in general. I feel. Definitely. Uh, the music on King Salmon is second to none. It, it, it's so funny how all out they went for this fishing game. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, though. A, it's a great game, man. Uh, it's the type of game that if I if I got a you know a digital version, I'd snap that up. Or if they put it on Genesis Online, I'd be too happy. Yeah, that'd be great. How about your next one, my brother? My number five is a game that I primarily played on N64, but I did actually play the Sega version as well. And I and I believe that may have actually been my first exposure to the franchise, but it was Road Rash. Road uh, Rash. Yeah, this is a motorcycle racing game with a combat element where you are beating up people with like lead pipes and stuff as you're racing against them. It's very cartoony, but it's very quality as far as the actual racing um so yeah had to make my list uh really really love the franchise the one for n64 was an all-time great but the uh the genesis game was also really good you're throwing games at me that i'm uh not too seasoned in yay that's how you know that's how you know but that's exactly what i'm talking about dude games that we wouldn't normally speak about yep uh get a time to shine uh, yeah. The next one, bro, NHL 97. Oh. That mm. is where my heart was. It's interesting uh, that you say that because that may or may not be the same as a game that I have on my list. <laughs> is it is it overlap? It is. I have my number one is NHL 94. Oh, man. But, but I mean, it was 94. Yeah. <laughs> NHL 97 I you know I, I did a lot of research to make sure that I had the right one and mm-hmm. I have got the right one it is NHL 97 hey I, I think we're on the same wavelength though the the NHL games on on Genesis specifically were absolutely absolutely incredible fantastic uh, yeah. they are so good and they took you know I'm a big fan of ice hockey on NES they took that into the stratosphere absolutely uh and and i feel like i played it two player you know with a friend here and there but i just spent so much time playing that game single player against Mm. the computer dude yeah it's just one one of those endlessly endlessly fun experiences yep i I'm, i'm right there with you so i guess the big takeaway here is that hockey shined on the genesis it really did yep (laughs) <laughs> sorry about the number one blowout i'm you know it's all good uh my number four is gonna be sonic and knuckles oh that, yeah that's it that's all i that's have to all say. that's all there is yeah sonic knuckles genesis and what more do you genesis need? <laughs> it was well, a great I'm game roll, oh yeah uh i'm gonna roll off of that with jungle strike Oh, okay. I've heard a lot about this game, but I've never played it. Man, uh, I have Desert Strike on Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. 
but I played Jungle Strike on Genesis. Yeah. And this is a game that I was infatuated with for years, man. Uh, it's kind of like the same train of thought as GTA. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they put you, they put you in this chopper and you're flying around and you can be as good of a guy or as bad of a guy as you want. <laughs> and it was just, you know, excellent graphics for the system of which mm-hmm. the Genesis had great graphics in general. Yeah. But as far as traversing a 3d pretty open world map, this was very well done. That's awesome. Uh, but it, you know, you could follow the missions, you could play the game as intended, or you can just wreak havoc until you get shot down. And I feel like that type of, uh, you know, variety in gameplay is what really got us as kids to stick with games. Absolutely, yeah. That's why we continued to play things like Grand Theft Auto years and years and years after mm-hmm. they were considered old. You know, it's because the freedom, the, the the freedom of you know, a lot of games you go in and you either progress or you're sitting there like an idiot and it's waiting for you to progress. These games when you, you build can do your own gameplay. Absolutely, yep. You create games inside of games like us with the satchel charge thing in San Andreas. That's right. But yeah, man, that's all I have to say about that. Jungle Strike, close to my heart. Uh, kind of makes me want to get a Genesis all over again just to play Jungle Strike on yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my number three is X-Men 2, the action platformer game. Uh, I knew this was coming because you have brought X-Men to some degree on the Genesis up before. Yeah, and... I I really like this game a lot. Um, it's 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 truly like a standout from that sort of action platformer genre. It's very hard for one, and uh, it's it's extremely like rewarding once you sort of learn the mechanics. You kind of get into the rhythm of you know what powers to use, how to you know go through the combat and stuff it, it it feels very satisfying so that's my pick for number three and that's a great reason for a great pick man uh i got a great pick for you for my number two okay N- nba jam yeah dude this is a game that is beloved i've unfortunately never played it but i know that this is like a big one when the nba jam fans stand up I'm 10 toes down standing as tall as I can. <laughs> yeah. Because I always have loved NBA jam mm-hmm. and always will, bro. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've played <clears throat> quite a few basketball games mm-hmm. and it, when I think of double dribble on the NES, it's mm-hmm. kind of like when, whenever I would, I, I used to have it and it's one of the games I sold off and I thought to myself, man, I, I don't particularly have a lot of emotion for the game, but I feel like I should have a basketball game on NES. Mm-hmm. But eventually when I, you know, when I was selling off lots and everything, I thought about it and I was like, you know, every time I play double dribble, I kind of just wish it was NBA jam. Yeah. So why play double dribble? Why not just play NBA jam? That's fair. And that was the train of thought. So anytime I feel like playing NBA jam, it may not be on Genesis, but I, I play it on super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis is just where I had it where I fell in love with it and probably still to this day, my favorite way to play it. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love yeah, those arcade-style sports games just throughout the years. There's some really yeah, true gems uh, uh, in that category. We, t- we talk about a lot of Mario sports games, but when it comes to straight-up sports games, NBA Jam is potentially my favorite, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's it's funny that it's it gets to be on a list because that could be on a sports game list, period. Definitely. But uh, I guess I took your number one. Uh, I have one more to go. My number two. Oh, um, good. And that is Sonic 2. Rightfully so. Yeah. I think that this is the gold standard for any Sonic game. Um, theoretically, I mean, honestly, it should, be, it should be my number one uh, because just because of what it represents. But I think that, that Sonic 2 is the, the cream of the crop. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's it's deserving of of being on the list for sure. I mean, it, nothing could be more deserving of being on the list. Yeah, <laughs> just the the cleanness of the mechanics and just everything that they introduced with this entry, like, can't be beat in my opinion. I think if someone asked me which two D Sonic game should I play, if I want to play one, this is what I would tell them. And I I couldn't argue with you. I mean, like the 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 Sonic one thing for me is pure nostalgia. Yeah, totally. I get that. Uh, but but I mean, Sonic two did exactly what you would want and expect from a sequel, and that's improve on the original formula. <sighs> yep. And then is this is this your number one coming up? This is my number one. All right, let's hear it. It's Mortal Kombat three. Oh yes. What Mortal a great Kombat game, dude. Three. What and a great coming, game. And this is coming from a vocal Street Fighter boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3 on Genesis is where it's at. Period. I mean, yeah, that I is what that is the fighting experience of the Genesis as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. And, you know, side note, too, uh, something I was, you know, I was, I was talking about the list with my girl and everything. And, you know. My dear mother, may she rest in peace. This is the only game I ever actually played with her. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yep. And she always played Sindel. Oh, really? Strictly Sindel. We're talking Sindel main. I love that character, so that makes perfect sense to me. Oh, yeah. Sindel is dope. Um, (laughs) I used to like playing Striker a lot. I had quite a few favorites, but I feel like I specifically remember being a big Really? I didn't know you were a Striker boy. Striker boy and the Sub Zero boy. Sub Zero's got to go down yeah. on every Mortal Kombat. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. But I, it, there's just so many. I mean, I really liked Kung Lao. I played a lot of mm-hmm. Kung Lao, a lot of Cyrex. I mean, half the characters on the board I played a shit ton of. For me, honestly, it's it's always comes back to Raiden. Raiden is the man. Absolutely. I mean, Raiden is never a bad choice, and he was a frequenter for me. But it's funny to think, I feel like I might have played Striker more than anybody, dude. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not uh, one that you usually hear people uh, reference as their favorite characters, but that's that's pretty cool. I, I remember I, <laughs> I, used to, uh, I used to spam the inputs for the shadow step where you just like shadow step through them and then swing them with your with like your hook mm-hmm. and just go back and forth like an asshole just hey. go to the other side hook them go to the other side hook them gotta do what you gotta my do bombs and you gotta do what you gotta do man 
Uh, the wow. AI on that the AI on that game was pretty aggressive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got to fight for your life, you know. Definitely, but that was a that was a pretty fun list, man. Definitely something different. Definitely, bro. The uh, the Genesis belongs in the talks. I mean, we're still a little dumbfounded that uh that it's even going to be included in the Switch Online membership. Just yeah, but I'm the, really excited for that. Yeah, just seeing the Nintendo logo on top of a boxed Genesis controller was so interesting. Because first thing that comes to mind, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> it's a long. It's a long. We're a far cry away from that. Oh, we certainly are, my friend. <laughs> because now Nintendo does what Genesis don't. <laughs> Genesis do what Nintendo let it do. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, hey, we're happy about it. Yep. I mean, th- this is a celebration of the Genesis all around. Absolutely, man. But uh, let's the- let's get into this three shop and and go ahead and close it out. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a hefty one. Uh, so on the Switch, we got L.A. Noir, $49.99 to $24.99. Mm-hmm. 50% off until the 7th, October 7th. Now, that doesn't sound like too great of a deal considering I got it on Steam for $6.99. But I guess... Remastered, for the Switch it is, though. Portability, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that's, That plays in. Uh, another one I had on here, if you if you're itching for that triangle strategy vibe early, Mercenary Saga Chronicles, mm. very similar gameplay, kind of like the Tactics Advance we talk about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a collection of three games: uh, Will of the White Lions, Order of the Silver Eagle, and Gray Wolves of War. Fourteen ninety nine to seven forty nine until the thirteenth. Nice, uh, and. This one is courtesy of Tyler. Borders Borderlands Legendary Collection. $49.99 to $19.99. That's a steep drop for a pricey package, bro. Yeah. Uh so that's 60% off until the seventh. That includes Borderlands Game of the Year edition, Borderlands 2, and the pre-sequel. Yeah, I may actually I don't know if I'll pick this up or not because I think I have all these games on Steam, but I definitely want to go back and play Borderlands uh sometime soon. I only ever played the first one, but I played it from what I remember pretty thoroughly, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I yeah. really liked how the how the game looked and played. Pretty good if, shooter. If you've never played it and you don't own it, this seems like a great entry point to grab it on the Switch. Definitely. Uh, now I had to include a Steam this time around because this is just a special episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Untitled Goose Game, nineteen ninety nine to nine ninety nine until the seventh. That's that's pretty good, man. That's an absolute steal because Untitled Goose Game is a is a diamond in yeah, the rough definitely. of so many games on Steam. Uh, glad to see it, bro. Cru- Cruelty Squad on sale, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine until the eighth. That's one that you've been playing recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't picked it back up uh, since I last talked about it, but it's it's one I'm definitely working through. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. I'm in love with it. <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, and finally, this is one uh, I was talking to you earlier when I really discovered the Sword and Whip bundle on yeah. Steam. So this is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is normally thirty nine ninety nine, and Blasphemous, which we've talked about both these games, uh, which is normally twenty four ninety nine. So we're talking sixty four ninety eight down to seventeen ninety nine. That's pretty pretty awesome, man. That's that's, that's enough to make me want to pick that up. 
you're getting two not very old at all games that are very good for $9 a piece. I mean, yeah. it's, they didn't have a date on this, which I found interesting. So I'm wondering if this is a, a permanent ongoing, offering. Yeah. Maybe the bundle itself is just stuck on that deal. That'd be great. That would be absolutely great, man. Cause uh, I think they're both games that people should play. Totally. But that closes out the three shop and that closes out a very large episode hey, of the Star Road podcast. Deservingly so, though. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, bleh, questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, please <laughs> contact us at starroadpodcast at gmail.com. And that's going to bring us to the end, Sterling. It certainly is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're looking forward to Metroid Dread. We're looking forward to Monkey Ball. It's yeah, we'll be, an be talking time. about that big time next episode. Definitely. So we, we're going to be doing a lot of gaming, and we'll have a lot to talk about next time. Thank you for tuning in. Everybody take it easy. Peace.